Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark time will never you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 55 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Ahoy, mateys. This is Chris. I was curious what you were going to do today, and I was assuming it was going to be something like that. Yeah, it was an easy one today. It's very topical, and it's very easy to do. Yes, it is uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day, right? It's uh, of The date of this airing, Talk Like a Pirate Day, will be tomorrow, which is the 19th of September. Ah, are you are you going to celebrate accordingly? No, I'm probably going to forget. You're going to forget. I'm probably going to forget. I don't too. have a very good pirate voice either. That was pretty good. I honestly thought I was on online with a real pirate. I, which I, can... I practiced a lot. That's probably did you? Why. Yeah. yeah, it was it was. I mean, you had you had the R matey pretty good. I can hear a little like seagulls in the background. It sounds like you're on a ship. And I, I had a lot of rum before recording this, too. What'd you have? Did you have Captain Morgan? Did you have uh See, I, I, I tried market. to be authentic to what a pirate would have, so I okay. stole some from my neighbor, and <laughs> it was just like in a bottle. I don't know. It was actually in like a like a rum bottle. Yeah, you know those like kind of like um, yeah, it was just a brown bottle with a cork in it. Very oh, pirate. Okay. It looked very that's, piratey. I thought it was perfect. Wow. That's that's very ironic that he was already in character to help you out with your character. It worked out really well. I didn't put too much thought into it. To like, I didn't really wonder much about it, but it worked out great. Did you did you drive over? No, I just, walked, like, I just walked over. You, you just you just walked over. Did you knock on the door? Um, did you ask? Or <laughs> well, I was trying to be a pirate. Okay, so I I just broke in. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were just gonna end up saying that you knocked on the door, asked politely, he gave you some, and then you left. Well, okay, like for legal purposes, that's what happened. <laughs> but for the purposes of the story, you broke in. Yeah. Did you bring your parrot? No, um, I couldn't find a parrot, but I did have a, a sword and an eye patch. That works perfectly, mm-hmm. and it helps out with your uh, your peg leg too. Now you actually have a true purpose of missing your one leg, Chris. Yeah, it always, it's always nice for Halloween because I already have it's the e- peg leg. Easy costume. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? Anything new and exciting going on? New and exciting, new and exciting. Oh, I'm watching a great new show on Netflix. Oh, what's that? It's called American Vandal. It's never uh, heard of it. It's a it's like a satirical true crime documentary. Okay. And it's hilarious. So it's it's a it's a comedy. Yeah, so they do uh, the documentary like completely serious, but it's just about like the the craziest things. Oh cool. So so it's eight episodes and it's like one crime at a at a high school. Did they like renew it for a second season, do you know? So already? I was just looking at that and there are uh talks of a second season. I don't know if that's confirmed and I don't know if it would be a totally new story or not. That's what I was going to ask. I was curious if it'd be like an anthology kind of series where each season they do a new murder. Yeah. So I haven't finished this yet, so I don't know how it resolves. Like, I don't know if it makes sense to do another season or if they'd have to find a new story. I gotcha. That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. I'm always looking for a new show, especially on Netflix. Netflix is just killing it right now. I think you would like it. And it's not a big investment. Eight episodes, half hour each. Yeah, you can't be. Oh, that's that's awesome. Half hour. Oh, I could spare that. Yep. I'm really excited. Uh, also on Netflix, I think uh, in two days from now, a new uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand-up is coming out. About Jerry Seinfeld, right? Yeah. It's, it's uh, Jerry before it's Seinfeld. Called... Yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought that looked pretty I'm... interesting. I haven't seen like any... I think they released a trailer, but I haven't seen a video for it. I'm trying to wait until it comes out. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that. I've always wanted to see him in person. Uh, I've only seen one of his stand-up specials. I got it for Christmas a long time ago, and it was called I'm Telling You for the Last Time. It was on HBO. It was really, really funny. But I've never really seen any of his other stand-up besides just the show. But, uh, yeah, Netflix is just killing it right now with everything they got. Yeah, they're good. Except they're going to lose, like, all their Marvel stuff. Yeah, that's a, that was uh, sad news because Disney wants yeah. their own streaming service. Which, honestly, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Yeah, me too. But I am worried that all, like, all these companies are going to want their own streaming service. And then, like, 
what do you have to do to subscribe to like 10 different streaming services to watch all the things you want? I don't think it's going to play out. I don't either. That's horrible. Yeah. Because people, people already don't want to do that with cable. That's why they're switching to things like Netflix. Exactly. And then they're going to be paying as much as they would be for cable. With, yeah. If they had like Netflix and HBO Go and then this Disney streaming. Yeah. Although the, the depending how Disney does it, that could be appealing to me. And I, I think a lot of people like if they put like all their shows on it and movies, yeah. I think that'd be great. But just knowing Disney, I don't think they're going to do it like that. They like yeah, to I'm... like slowly release their like movies like from the vault, so it's You're like right. exclusive and hard to find. Yeah, exactly. They did have talks of them releasing like original movies and original TV shows, and some people think there's been rumors that um, there's going to be a live action Star Wars show for a long time, and people think that this might be the way that Disney's going to do it, and that might help kick off their streaming service. Because if you hear that there's a live action Star Wars show, a lot of people will probably subscribe to that service. I don't know if I would or not, though. I mean, I love my Star Wars, but What do you I don't mean know. by live action? Isn't Star Wars already live action? Well, like, it'll be like a TV show, like, because they have current Star Wars TV shows, but they're all animated. Oh, I understand. Yes. Yeah. So they do, like, a, a live action. Because George Lucas was developing one before Disney bought it, and it was called, like, Star Wars Underground, and it was about, like, the criminal underground in the Star Wars universe, like, with, like, bounty hunters and the huts and everything like that. Oh, interesting. But when Disney bought it, they scrapped it. But a lot of people are thinking that might be coming back to to an idea. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you know, if it works out for Disney, good for them. I don't know if I'm going to do it. There's got to be a lot of good stuff on there to make me really want to subscribe to it. Agreed. But speaking yeah. of Star Wars, there was some recent uh, Star Wars news. Did you um, – what did you think of that? About uh, the director I, of Episode Nine? Yeah, with J.J. Abrams being back, I'm actually okay with it. I can see why people are concerned, but – I don't think it's fair to say that because a lot of people think that this is just going to be a rehash of Return of the Jedi, which I don't think is fair to say just because The Force Awakens had similar plot elements to A New Hope. Right. Um, a lot of people think that like A New Hope or The Force Awakens was really safe and that, you know, Lucasfilm was just playing it safe, which I think that, you know, they know that J.J. Abrams can do it because he's done it before. And if you're giving him like $250 million, you know, he's going to deliver. But I mean, the guy who wrote Argo with Ben Affleck is helping writing the script. And he also wrote a lot of Ben Affleck's lines in Batman vs Superman, which on itself is not a very good film, but the Batman stuff is actually pretty good. So that could be something positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm not upset by it. I'm optimistic. I mean, I yeah. think it could be good, could be bad. So I'll just wait and see. Like, I feel like JJ Abrams is more of like a starter guy. Like he was able to restart mission impossible. He was able to restart star Trek. Like he was able to restart Star Wars. So he's really good with that. So it, I think it's going to be a challenge for him to, you know, end a trilogy with like a nice capper to it. And I think that that'll be a good challenge for him to try to, you know, kind of bring back everything that he started since he did kick off this new trilogy. Agreed. And I would like to see some new stuff, though. I, if it is just if it is a rehash of Return of the Jedi, I would be upset about that. I don't I feel like it's not going to be because, I mean, if you think of it like J.J. Abrams handed over Star Wars to Ryan Johnson, who's directing The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. And now Ryan Johnson's going to hand over The Last Jedi to J.J. Abrams. So, you know, it's not like J.J. Abrams has all this stuff that he started because he's getting what he gave to uh, Ryan Johnson back to him. Right. So he's going to have to go off with that, which I think, you know, is a, is a good challenge for him because he's also going to be writing it as well. Okay. I wasn't but, sure. Yeah, he's going to be writing it. Which he also wrote The Force Awakens with, um, what was his name? Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote empire and jedi and raiders of the lost ark mm -hmm. so but i mean lucasfilm is always watching over their backs like every detail considering they fired you know two directors and had to reshoot almost like 75 percent of the rogue one so i, if, I don't think things are going to go south because if, the, if it does then they're just going to step in again and take over that's a good point we'll see how it goes i'm excited for uh the last jedi yeah me too Three weeks, three months, something like that. Almost three months. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, Chris, we uh, have a review. Exciting. I know. It's so exciting. Um, do you want to read it? Do you want me to read it? Uh, I'll read it. All right, go so right this, ahead. Uh, this review is from DFX, 11350040883903342031. And yeah. he writes, I really enjoy you guys arguing personally who would winners. I may have missed some punctuation in there. I I don't uh, think you did. I think he did. Okay. I'll yeah. just read it as written. Yeah. I really enjoy you guys arguing. Personally, who would winners I like best and keep up the great content? You guys are 
uh, one of my favorite podcasts. I just got Twitter and already put up one vote. Can't wait to vote more. Love you guys. So thanks yeah. for the review, DFX, and then a bunch of numbers. Yeah. It's always, I mean, I like, it's, we got some nice reviews. Our fans are really cool. Thank you. Yeah, we, we have phenomenal fans. We really appreciate everybody reaching out to us. Yeah, we always get really excited when we find a new review. Steve will, like, text me right away, and he's like, new review. And then he sends <laughs> yeah. me a screenshot, and I'm just like, yeah, awesome. That's it. But um, uh, as is tradition, you will get your uh, your fictional background, DFX. So this one, I was very intrigued by your username. At first, I was like, did you even pick that? Did you just type a bunch of random numbers? Is that like an auto-generated one? But then I was like, wait a minute. That's not random. No, can't be. So me and Steve were talking, and we're like, that could be a credit card number. Yeah. And he was like, wait a minute. There's too many digits. So we're like, listen to this. What if the first 16 digits are a credit card? The last five is the zip code. So here's 20 numbers. It, yes, and that that's yeah. the correct amount of numbers. So. Exactly. I think so. Recently, um, there was a there was a large um, security breach for the the company Equifax, who does um, a bunch of credit related things. They do credit monitoring. They do credit checking. Uh, they probably do a ton of more things. I don't really know. And um, they lost a they had a ton of customer data stolen. Oh, so much. And I think possibly the person who left this review may have been the the hacker. We and found the hacker, ladies and gentlemen. And I think this might be how he's secretly distributing all of the stolen credit card information, probably peppering it around in all, all across the internet. So when he when he sells the credit card information, he'll just be like, "Oh, check the review on the Who Would Win podcast. That's where you'll, you'll find it." And that's that's giving us listeners. So I really appreciate him helping us out. Oh, definitely. Even though he's even I though mean, he's screwing over everybody else's credit. I don't know if it's a crime for us to promote using our podcast for uh, illicit activities. So yeah. we probably shouldn't do that. But I mean, thanks. But we don't know for the yeah, thought. We, we don't know if that's really what's happening, right? Maybe this is a victim of the credit theft. I'm not sure. It's possible. So we're thinking those 16 digits, the first 16, are credit card numbers. So that leaves us with what four? No, five. Five, five so digits 20, left. Two zero so two three one. So there's 21 digits, not 20. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. That, I didn't even my, bother to check the math on that. Yeah, that was my fault. But uh, it turns out, and then we're like, is that even a valid zip code? It's the zip code of Washington, D.C. Boom. There we go. We I wonder got if our that's guy. where Equifax headquarters is. I don't know. Check it out. Did you hear about the person who's in charge of security at Equifax? I heard he had like uh, some degree in like art history or something. So it was a she, and she had a degree in music. All right. I, I was kind of just. Yeah. Okay. You're, I, mean, pretty, I mean, pretty much the same thing. Some. Someone who is completely unqualified to take charge of uh, technological security. Right. The only defense I would give of that is, like, I think they're, especially in older generations, like, when computer science-related things might not have been as big, like, there might be more self-taught people from those older generations. This is true. So I, I may give someone the benefit of the doubt if they weren't the charge and preside over one of the largest customer <laughs> breaches of information in history then. <laughs> yeah, then I'm like, right. all right, you probably were unqualified. Yeah, <laughs> and in their headquarters is in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm not sure Darn. about the I'm not sure about the DC connection. Darn. It must maybe the hacker was in DC. Maybe he's Russian. Ooh, why you got to bring up Russia like that, Steve? Because uh, they have a tendency to hack things. Allegedly. Allegedly. According to only all of our <laughs> intelligence agencies. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's fake news, Chris. It's fake news. All right, so thank you so much to DFX with your credit card and your Washington DZ zip code for leaving us a review. And thank you so much for following us on Twitter and also for uh, uh, voting in our polls. And also Speaking for all of the new which, equipment we're going to buy with your credit card information. <laughs> that's right. right. Uh, we just need your um, security code. So if you could just uh, you know tweet at us three numbers randomly. Well, I think totally. that might be what the DFX is. Maybe if you convert them to um, <gasps> numbers. To numbers yeah. <laughs> we got it. Yep. Thank you so much, DFX. You are our first financial sponsor. <laughs> but speaking of uh, DFX getting a Twitter account, uh, I wanted to um, give some updates on our previous episode where we did Who Would Win Miss America? Dorothy Gale from The Wizard of Oz versus Becca Mitchell from Pitch Perfect. And currently, this poll's actually been doing pretty good. I don't know if you've checked it at all, Chris. I saw we had like 22 votes last time I looked. 
Yeah, we're at 22 votes still of the airing of this episode. It'll still be up a little longer for people who are listening to this on the day it airs. And uh, Dorothy is currently winning with 55% of the vote and Becca with 45% of the vote. It's a close one. This was a nail biter. At one point, it was 50 50. Mm-hmm. And I, I did and, already uh, vote in this one. I did remember to vote. And I voted in this one as well. And at one point, Becca was winning. Oh, but wow. uh, we got a lot of people liking it, some people retweeting it. And uh, we really appreciate everybody voting for that one, especially since this one was not retweeted by BB 8. So that uh, makes us feel <laughs> special. Oh, yeah. We forgot to talk about BB 8. <laughs> yeah. Good thing we remembered in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully, that'll give us some good luck now. Hey, do, do you also, uh, did you watch uh, Miss America? The competition? I, I watched, so, all right, so this is the thing. I've never, never really watched it before, and I didn't know that, this might be a stupid thing to say, but I didn't know that they only did, like, 15 people. That was, like, the whole show. They really didn't do all 50, that 51 candidates. Right, which makes complete sense. So I only watched it to the point where they announced the top 15. Okay. That's where I watched. So I and, do, uh, we do have some things to point out from the competition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I incorrectly stated that they got rid of the swimsuit competition, which was not true. They still it's have still it. It's still there. I know. I was there. so surprised when I saw them walking. I was like, were like, oh, oh boy. Chris was totally wrong about that. I don't know no, what but I, I believe, I, But I believed you, though, because I would think that it would be gone. But at the same time, doesn't surprise me that it's still around. I wonder if I heard something similar and I just mixed it up. But I'll look into that. I'll get to the bottom of that. But the sure. more interesting uh, piece of news is... Um, so people who watched, listen to that episode will, will know you picked Dorothy Gale, star of Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And one of the talents, I forget who, uh, was a singer who sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow, which I believe is what you did for your talent. That was my talent. And then you asked me for one of my questions, what was this, what was the meaning of the song Somewhere Over the Rainbow? It was so funny because I, I was asleep and I woke up the next morning with a text from you saying, are you watching Miss America? And I was kind of curious. I'm like, ooh, what did we predict? I was like, mm. we didn't pick any. We didn't pick anybody to win, but we've been really good at predicting things lately. So I was like, man, like, what what happened? Did you know? Did uh, like a DJ competition happen? Just like uh, <laughs> Becca Mitchell, like Becca Mitchell was gonna do? No one did that. No. Or or you know what I thought? I thought that someone was gonna ask like, was Jesus a liberal or a conservative? Uh, I didn't stay. Even, up, I didn't watch the question part. Even even though they did ask some political questions. Yeah, they they, said, they always do that. Yeah, some of them are kind of awkward, in my opinion. But like asking about the whole Trump Russia investigation, like I don't know, it's kind of whatever. But um, yeah, I feel like they're kind of leading questions. Yeah, because you're automatically going to make fifty percent of the country not like you. But um, but yeah, they 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 sang somewhere over the rainbow, which is which is just too funny. But they didn't have a dog, as far as I could see. I couldn't find a clip. I tried looking for it because I was going to post a link to it on social media, but I couldn't find it. Mm. But uh, yeah, that that was too funny that they did that. We should have we should have voted for who we thought would actually. Yeah, win. I didn't even think about it. I don't think we ever would have picked correctly. But our hometown girl, Miss New Jersey, she came second runner up, I believe. I think so. Yeah, third place. And she's, and she's from a town that's like right next to yours. Oh, ish. I didn't even know that. Yeah, she was. She's from Egg Harbor. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So uh, good job, Miss New Jersey. Good job, Miss New Jersey. Second runner up. We'll take it for a win. Uh, all right, Chris, ready to get started? Oh, yeah, we should probably start with the podcast, with the topic, yeah. yeah. We should, yeah, we probably should. All right, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you'd just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, we kind of alluded to this in the beginning, but what are we talking about today? We're talking about pirates. We are talking about pirates. Like we mentioned earlier, tomorrow, September 19th, is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr, so that cele- celebrate celebrate accordingly, matey. And uh, in honor of International Talk Like a Pirate Day or National Talk Like a Pirate Day, uh, yeah, what, what are we what are we doing? Like... Yeah. Oh, we're we're we've we're picking two pirates and we're gonna have That's... them fight. We're having them fight and we're and we're kind of bringing them to modern times. I guess so. Are we? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well. I wasn't sure this was going to work. Are we going to start off with a naval battle? Are we going to go hand-to-hand? Are we going to do crew? I don't know. Uh, well, I don't know. Your guy doesn't really have that much of a crew. Oh, he has enough crew. He has all the crew he needs. Okay, fair enough. So I guess what we could do is we'll we'll, we'll both talk about our, our pirates, do yeah. some background. Yeah, yeah. And what we'll have is they do have an overall goal, though, correct? Um, naval domination? And all, didn't we say they were trying to take over a uh, a cargo ship? 
Oh yeah, I forgot you did tell me that. That's okay. So what we'll so so like contemporary pirates, like Captain Phillips pirates, you know, they they try to take over a, uh, a cargo ship which is full of supplies, where they're able to steal the supplies in order or to make money. I think they normally ransom the ship. Oh yeah, this is true. I don't know. They probably do a little bit of both. It depends, I guess, what's on it. Yeah. Uh, so what we'll do is, I guess, we could pitch. Um, you know, how they would beat each other or if they, you know, how they would get to the cargo ship or how they would beat each other on the cargo ship. That sounds good to me. Let's do that. Okay. All right. You want to give a little background about yours? So at yes. first I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. When you picked yours, wasn't sure who it was at first, how to Google it. Once I saw it, I thought this is right in Chris's wheelhouse. It's, it is so far in my wheelhouse. You're right. That's it. Go so for it. So I have chosen the Dread Pirate Roberts. So, um. That name may sound familiar to you. It is um, a fictional pirate from The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. That's why Steve said it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. But um, so so Dread Pirate Roberts uh, is a is a fictional pirate, and it's funny because he's kind of a fictional pirate in the fictional world of The Princess Bride. But anyway, Princess Bride, nineteen eighty seven, uh, Rob Reiner directed movie. Kind of does a a book within a movie. It's about like a and a, a grandfather reading a book to his grandson. And so they kind of, that's like a, the framing device of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And um, starring uh, Carrie Elwes, uh, Mandy Patinkin. Um, Robin Wright. Robin Wright, yeah. Uh, Andre the Giant. Christopher Guest. Great cast. Billy Crystal's in it. Anyway. Oh, that's right, yeah. So um, there's a point. So Carrie, Carrie Elwes plays Wesley, the the main character from the film. And at one point, he goes off to like work and make money because he needs some money to like marry Buttercup. Anyway, so uh, word gets back to them that he's captured by the Dread Pirate Roberts, and that's real bad news because the Dread Pirate Roberts is feared across the world, leaves no prisoners, no one alive. So they're like, he's probably dead. So they're very surprised when later in the movie he turns up alive. What? Where did he come from? So. You don't know it's him immediately. Well, I mean, you probably know it's him immediately because, like, it's pretty obvious. But the characters in the movie don't know it's him. So he comes back, and he's all dressed in black. And he's identifying himself as the Dread Pirate Roberts. So they don't know that it's really Wesley. And uh, he eventually reveals that he's actually Wesley and goes on to explain about how he became the Dread Pirate Roberts. So the story is... The Dread Pirate Roberts is really more valuable as a title and like something to strike fear into your, you know, your enemies or whatever. Mm-hmm, right. And what they'll do is, when the current Dread Pirate Roberts wants to retire from pirating and like live a nice life, he will. Um, they will take on a new crew, but they'll keep one member, who's going to be the new Dread Pirate Roberts. They kind of do a switch places thing. So the original Dread Pirate Roberts will refer to the other guy as Dread Pirate Roberts. To, so that'll, but the new crew will think that's who it is. In order to sell it up. Right. So then then after you know a couple weeks or days, whatever it takes, the new crew like knows it's the Dread Pirate Roberts. And the original Dread Pirate Roberts will leave and retire. Maybe and then, then they have a new captain. You. Yeah, and then they have a new captain. Yeah, and then so in the, move, in the movie... I think Wesley just talks about this happening one time. I don't think he references any other captains. In the book, there were a couple more between the original and Wesley. There was like three in between. Oh, yeah, he- there was like a there was a Ryan. There was a Cumberbund. Yes, yeah. In the, in the in the novel, there was Clooney. Yeah, in the movie, he talks about Ryan. I think he says his the real his real name was Ryan. Uh huh. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, I think he says that in the movie. Uh huh. Anywho. It's a fearful title, the Dread Pirate Roberts. I mean, it's not without like any warrant because the Dread Pirate Robert is a great pirate captain. He is a great sword fighter, so he's he's earned the title. But they just can pass it along so that the Dread Pirate Roberts, when he wants, can also retire and live a life, you know, of not pirating. And that way, the the title is able to still strike fear in everybody's uh, hearts. Exactly. Nice. All right, is that your pick? That's all, that's all you got. That's pretty much the entire yeah. background of Dread Pirate Robert. So yes, yeah, everything I read. I've only seen Princess Bride once, but from what I remember and what I read online, that that pretty much summarizes everything up. All right, so for my pick, 
I am taking Captain Hector Barbosa, also known as Captain Barbosa from the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. He's uh, played by Jeffrey Rush. He's been in all five of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, the second one, he was only like a cameo at the very end. And um, he is one of the nine pirate lords. Uh, he is the pirate lord of the Caspian Sea. Uh, he captained the Black Pearl. Um, he has a, a sidekick monkey that they named Jack after Jack Sparrow. Um, and I mean, he's pretty, pretty ruthless. Um, he's able to deceive people yet also like be charming at the exact same time. Um, he does double cross people from time to time, kind of out for himself, just like a normal pirate is. Um, kind of has a lot of story arcs to him. He starts off kind of as the bad guy in the first one, in the second and third one, he kind of teams up, uh, with the, with like Jack and Will and everybody in order to stop Davy Jones. Uh, in the fourth one, he's, uh, part of like the English Navy. He works for the King, but he's still kind of like out for himself. He just kind of did it in order to not be killed as a pirate. And in the fifth one, never saw it, so I have no idea what happens really. I do, but I'm not going to say it because it's spoilers for people who haven't seen it yet. Um, but, I mean, he's a good sword fighter, uses uh, weaponry, um, respected by his crew. And um, that's that's pretty much it for uh, his background. Unfortunately, there's not anything really interesting about his title, like um, Dread Pirate Roberts. But, um, I mean, he's pretty simple. He's my favorite character from the movies. I really like him. And uh, that's what I'm picking. He's your favorite character from those movies. He is. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Do you? I don't know if you if you've seen all of those or I haven't seen the fourth. I think I've seen the first three. Yeah, the fourth one's really bad. Uh, I never, like I said, I never saw the fifth one, but I really, really enjoy the first three. I think they're a lot of fun. The first one's actually just like on its own, like a really, really good movie. Okay. Two and three get like really wacky, but I think. As a solid trilogy, the first three are, are pretty good. Um, so um, you ready to pirate nap a cargo ship? Yeah, let's do it. All right, what's your what's your plan of attack here? All right, so I mean, pirates don't work solo, right? We we get a crew, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I I was assuming we would. I think yeah, that's fair to say. It doesn't really make sense to like solo captain a pirate ship, right? It's going to be hard. So, um. Wesley has a couple options here, right? He has, as the Dread Pirate Roberts, he has a crew uh, from their pirate ship. The thing is, I don't know anything about that crew, so I don't really want to talk about them. I think he's going to recruit his two best friends, uh, Fezzik, played by Andre the Giant, and Inigo Montoya, okay. who, who, he, who are characters in The Princess Bride. Uh, Inigo Montoya, great swordsman, and Fezzik is a brutally strong giant. Okay. So uh, he's going to use them. He's going to come up with some cool plan to capture the pirate ship. Kind of like at the end of uh, Princess Bride, how he has that cool plan where he um, he gets that robe and puts it on uh, under the giant and they lay it on fire and scare everybody away. So Remember are they... There are, are they Not really, no. <laughs> that was a good scene. Are they... Are they uh, I believe you, Chris. It's your favorite film. Are they... Are they starting off of the ship or are they stealing a ship a pirate ship so here's what he's going to do he's going to take the ship that he runs as the dread pirate roberts okay he's going to give his crew the day off he's gonna be like guys just you know have fun for the day okay he's going to sail and pick up fezzik and nigo okay and they're going to you know prepare because they're 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 planners they're smart people they like they go in with a plan and he'll probably bring um buttercup too just because you know he wouldn't want to leave her behind. Behind, right? Okay. So, so let's see. Their plan's going to be. So, this is we're talking modern day pirate uh, cargo ship. Cargo ship, right? So, yeah. I, I realize I have chosen a you know like old pirate ship. Uh huh. It might not even be able to catch up with the cargo ship, but let's just say for argument's sake, it can. Well, that's what I wanted to bring up because cargo ships travel twenty six point five miles an hour. Um, where if, if you're going off of a ship that only uses the wind that's going to cause some problems if you're going to catch up especially because they're going to see you coming so i don't think that's actually going to be a problem because they're going to think it's just like a cool replica pirate ship 
<laughs> just they, sailing. They have no reason to be like, oh my gosh, those are dangerous pirates. Because dangerous pirates come in those little tiny boats with their machine guns. It's like the skiffs, yeah. Yeah, my guys don't have that. They just have okay. a, like a really cool antique looking pirate ship. So now, they have we assumed have we assumed where this is taking place? Like, are we assuming off the coast of Somalia? Oh, I don't know. Because that's where a, that's where a lot of the uh, pirate hack, hijackings happen. Um, um, I don't know where these guys would be coming from. Okay, I don't think it matters really. Okay, that's fine. If it matters to you, you can make up whatever you want. Oh, well, no, I'm just thinking. Like, I feel like cargo ships know that there are threats of piracy out there. Not even just cargo ships, but like cruise ships too. Like cruise ships need to watch out in case pirates try to take them over. So I feel like if they see, a, you know, a 1700s sail ship coming at them i think they're gonna think that something is wrong they're gonna think that's something awesome they're gonna be like that ship looks really cool let's slow down and look at it oh so that's just making it even worse okay i see what you're that's saying. what i'm that's what i'm hoping they'll do that's what you're that's what you're hoping for okay they'll be like wow i've never seen a real pirate ship before I mean, okay and then they'll be like well what if it's pirates and some other girl will be like why would pirates don't use that that doesn't make any sense okay so um also we wouldn't be like shooting our cannons because i'm pretty sure cannons wouldn't would be like useless against a giant cargo ship yeah i agree so um what we're doing is we're just going to sail up alongside we're going to maybe give them a wave and then we're going to uh throw a rope over <laughs> and, Wait, uh, you're going to pull alongside you're going to wave at them they're hopefully going to wave back too they're not going to be suspicious at all that these men it's with just gonna swords. Be three guys with okay in, that's in very authentic looking pirate costumes Okay, so they they're going to be like, has someone hired actors as a joke? Is this a birthday thing? Are they going to sing happy birthday to me? Maybe it's the captain's birthday. Captain's a big pirate fan. He's going to be like, this is so cool. Right. Someone hired a real live pirate actor on a pirate ship to sing happy birthday to me. Well, luckily, it's a really small ship. So there's probably, what, 11 people on board. So they could really quickly just say, hey, did anybody hire a birthday pirate group for Jeff? Like, no. All right. Well, I think we might be being attacked by pirates. But by that point, it's too late. They already swung on from oh, the ropes. So, they're sw- so how are they swinging on? They threw some ropes over. Okay. And uh, swung over. Okay. Fair enough. And um, so it's Wesley, Inigo, Fezzik. Buttercup stays on the ship to, like, you know, pick them up later. Okay. So Inigo, Wesley, amazing sword fighters. Like, the best. They were trained by um, the same guy who choreographed a bunch of Star Wars f- fight scenes. So you know they're good. Okay. Um, they fight their way up to the bridge. If anyone gives them trouble, they have the they have Fezzik, who's a giant. He th- just tosses them overboard. I don't know. They These guys aren't killers, though. They wouldn't be killing people. They're just going to get them to surrender. That's the other thing. They're also really, like, really cool and like smooth talking. So there's a chance that they could just do this all with words. They could just have an, a conversation with the guy and be like, "Hey, you should um, you should give up your ship. You don't know what we're gonna do to you. That guy, he can take your body parts off." And uh, the captain would be like, "Okay, ship's yours." So he's striking fear. Exactly. The only thing is, okay. he can't really rely on the nickname, his name, Dread Pirate Roberts, because none of these guys would probably know about it. That's true. So he he's said, relying That's my on name. his giant Fezzik. So Fezzik is going to be the one that's really doing all the intimidation. Yep. He's so pretty intimidating. Oh, he's extremely intimidating. No, don't get me wrong. So uh, Dread Pirate Roberts pretty much has no uh, intimidation whatsoever in this scenario. It's all muscle, not really name. Unless for some reason they've heard of this Dread Pirate Roberts. So the other thing he could do, and this, this would get time consuming, he could go on to explain the background of the pirate that that's based <laughs> on, Bartholomew Roberts. Right. Who has a really interesting history. Started off as like a, a normal, just like a merchant sailor. Gets gets um, captured by pirates. Joins their crew. He becomes the navigator because he has really good navigating abilities. Works his way up to becoming like first mate. Then the captain of that pirate ship dies. They vote Bartholomew Roberts as their captain. And he goes on to become one of the most successful pirates in history. Judging by number of ships captured. I think you got to really uh, assume the patience of the people on the ship right Ad- now. While- Admittedly, that is true. It's going to take a while to get into this because he's going to be like, well, this was during the golden age of piracy in the 1700s, uh, captured over 400 ships, also known as Black Bart. Like, uh, I mean, in, in that in that time period, they could the, the inhabitants of the ship 
the workers, they could call, you know, the military, they the Navy, could, asking for some support. But here's the thing. They're going to be so, like, enamored by, by Wesley's story. Just like okay. when you watch Princess Bride, you're just like you're just like in awe. You're just like experiencing it. You're just like this is this is amazing. I've never seen anything like this. Okay, they're going to be just like this story's great. Tell us another story, Wesley. We'll we'll be your crew. We we'll become pirates. Wow. So they're going to con- okay. So they're going to convert. He's going to convert them to pirates. I, I think there's a great chance of it. I think it's possible. I think that is very possible. Now let me let me bring something up here. Now. A, a lot of cargo ships, they have some kind of security measures built in mm-hmm. in the event that something's happening. Like what? Um, I know that uh, cargo ships have like uh, water hoses on the side around the ship mm-hmm. that they're able to use in order to keep uh, boats from coming away. I think it's entirely possible that they could use that while you're swinging over, uh, which could you know push your ship back and then might make the distance of jumping off the rope and landing on the ship a little more difficult, but let's just assume that they start doing that after you've already landed on the ship. Now they're using the water hoses. Your ship is sailing away with buttercup on it. She's over there. You left her on the ship. Don't you think that dread pirate Roberts is going to want to go back and save her since he loves her so much. And that's the entire plot of the movie is his, uh, continuous, uh, trip and voyage journey to try to find his love. And he doesn't want to lose her. So here's the thing. He has a lot of faith in her. Uh, to, to be okay on her own, like she'll she'll sail the ship, they'll do what they need to do on the cargo ship, they'll take it over, and then she can come back, no problem. Does she have sailing experience? Uh, I think I would imagine I think over time being married to the Dread Pirate Robert, she would have learned some things about sailing. But I don't think it. You know, you really can't sail a, a, a sail ship, pirate ship, with just one person. Well, it was probably it's already set up to you know mostly go straight, so she just has to kind of steer. As long as the wind doesn't change too much, I think she'll be all right. But it might be hard if she's trying to sail against uh, water hoses. Right, you're right. So that the water hoses push her back, and she has to hang back until they take the ship and stop okay, the water hoses. And then they'll turn off the water hoses? Yeah. And okay. on to your point about whether if they have to like do a farther rope swing and like maybe climb up a rope, there's already a lot of uh, evidence in canon for how well how good these guys are at climbing ropes. Okay, They climb up like the cliffs of whatever. I forget what they're called. What are those cliffs called? I don't know. They're really high cliffs, and they they climb up. Fezzik climbs up carrying two people. Yeah, and, so he's pretty strong. He's pretty so he's then, he could do it if possible. Yeah, and then Wesley climbs up after them. Okay. All right, I see what you're saying. I the think cliffs I think of it's insanity. A, it's a pretty good title because mm-hmm. they were like insanely high. Yeah, you can tell by the music when it looks at them. What is the music? Could you do? You know, uh, it does one of those like pan shots over to the cliff, straight up view, and then it goes like dun dun dun. But it doesn't actually. <laughs> that probably wasn't it. It's something like that, though. Yeah, I hear you. Maybe just like saying. a. Bow, bow. <laughs> I don't know. Did that sound epic to you? That sounded very epic to me. We're definitely not going to get sued for copyright, or, you know, infringement or anything like that. Well, I don't even know what it was. Really sounds like so I couldn't have copied it. I mean, the biggest fan in the world of Princess Bride is on the podcast right now, so I'm pretty sure you have an idea of what it sounds like. Well, I'm not the biggest in the world. I don't know, Chris. I have a, I have a feeling you're being a little modest right now. Um, there's some pretty big fans of it, so I don't want to take that title. But anyway, that's... all right. Um, it's it's a fair plan. Want to see what uh, Hector Barbosa's got to do? I would love to see what Barbosa's bringing to the table here. Okay. So Barbosa is going to be bringing his crew, which he has. I'm going to argue from the Curse of the Black Pearl. So this is this is something I was flirting with, and I'm curious to hear what you're going to think. I don't think I'm going to go this route, though. In the first movie, they can't die because they have the curse. Oh, I didn't mean to um, ask you that. Are you currently cursed or not? I don't know. I feel like that's kind of cheap, and I always do things like that, and, it does, <laughs> and, and you don't like it. So, Although I, I, I did I think get I, to get you back that one episode. I forget what I did, but I got some revenge. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think I'm going to go the curse pirates because it's not really going to help me out in my in my argument. Okay. But so I'm going to say it's his crew and they're not cursed. Uh, you got some of the classic crewmates, probably two of the most famous are Pintel and Rigetti, who are the the two guys are kind of like the comic relief. The one has the fake eye, uh, and the other guy is like the heavier set uh, pirate. Oh yeah, they're going to so, be great. The, the comic relief pirates that oh, chase that's right, their eyeball around the whole time. Exactly. Uh, uh, so Captain Barbosa, he is uh, captaining the Black Pearl, which he stole from. Jack Sparrow. So Thank he already has acknowledging ex- that he's already has one mutiny under his belt. He has experience stealing ships, so that's phenomenal. 
that's helping me out already. Well, that was like an inside job, though. Like, he'd have to be made like a first mate and then gain the trust of the crew and then maroon the original captain on an island. Okay. You'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm saying. All right. All right. Sorry. Please go. That's okay. So uh, the Black Pearl is the fastest ship in the world. They've established that numerous times in the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Mm, the fastest ship. There was some caveat to that. Like they, because then they they introduced another ship that was faster with like either like against the wind or with the wind so, or something so, like so, that. So that was the Flying Dutchman. Yeah. Thank okay. You. And the, and the Flying Dutchman can only take the opponent if it sails against the wind. Okay. Where that's the only way the the flying Dutch because that's like the weird part like it's faster by going against the wind, mm-hmm. whereas most ships would be fast going with the wind. So uh, the Black Pearl, aside from the Flying Dutchman, which isn't in this scenario because it's it should be under the ocean faring souls with Davy Jones, uh, the Black Pearl is the fastest ship in the world. So right off the bat, it's gonna ha- the Black Pearl is gonna have no problem catching up to a cargo ship. So going- do you think when they said that in the pirate movie that they meant the fastest ship in the world at the time? Or do you think they meant no other ship can possibly be built faster than this ship for all time? I mean, if we're taking it uh, <laughs> as they're saying it, it's the fastest ship in the world. Yeah, I, I almost feel like it's assumed that that means right now. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. You, when when Pirate, I, I will I will agree with the fact that when Pirates of the Caribbean takes place, there's no such thing as cargo ships. Okay. I will agree exactly with what you're saying. All right, so it's possible okay. that a faster ship is built in the future. It's possible. Okay. It's just possible. want to put that out there. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So I'm going to say, based on that evidence, the Black Pearl is going to be able to catch up with the cargo ship. The Black Pearl can definitely go faster than uh, Dread Pirate Robert's ship, which I believe is... Does it have a name? Um, I think so, but I don't remember. Let me check. I th- is it called the Revenge? Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, that's what I saw online. All right, so I, I, I'm going to say that the Black Pearl can definitely go faster than the Revenge. And if the Revenge is able to catch up to a cargo ship, therefore the Black Pearl well, should Well, remember, though, be the cargo ship might have slowed down to get a better look at the cool pirate ship. Well, if they're going to get a cool look at that pirate ship, they're going to get an even cooler look at this pirate ship. I mean, this is like a full-out pirate ship. But your pirate ship looks a little scarier. It has, like, ripped sails and looks all ghostly. Yeah. They might be more afraid of that. Well, it's a shame because they're going to get boarded by it anyway. So okay. <laughs> so we'll say they, ca- they, they get close, okay? Uh, uh, what we have to remember is that, let's say, for example, they start doing the fire hoses, an, an instant defense because they see the Black Pearl coming, okay? In the first movie, they do, uh, what's it called? Uh, Captain Barbosa, he uses like hooks and ropes and tosses them to another ship and is able to gain hold so that way they are close together. So I would argue that the moment they get close, and if the fire hoses start coming on, they're instantly going to throw hooks with rope right over across, hook onto some metal bars, um, some wiring areas, and that's going to keep the Black Pearl close in contact with this cargo ship. So that way we don't really have to worry about the fire hoses pushing the ship away. Then the pirates are going to uh, swing over, just like yours did, which they had experience doing in Curse of the, uh, of the Black Pearl. They swing over, and now they are on the ship. Okay, Now, Captain Barbosa is going to do kind of the same thing that you did. He's going to argue, do not kill. Okay, We're not trying to kill. Uh, I believe that on cargo ships, they really don't have any weapons for defense. Like They don't carry guns or anything along those lines. So just the sheer fear of the pirates are going to keep the sailors at bay. They're going to bring them all to the uh, captain's area where the steering wheel, you know, the ship is, the helm, if you will. And Captain Barbosa is going to do what he does best. He's going to lead a mutiny on the ship. He's going to convince the crew that their captain has led them astray. He's a bad leader, a poor leader, and that they should get, put their trust in Captain Barbosa. Now, his crew, Captain Barbosa's crew, is going to act as evidence to support that argument because they all used to sail under Captain Jack Sparrow. And uh, Barbosa was able to convince all of them that Jack was a weak leader, he was a bad captain, he's led them into trouble, and that they should forgive Jack, or not forgive Jack, they should you know, let him go 
and they should put all their faith in Captain Barbosa. So they're going to act there saying, yo, listen, we used to have another captain. He was awful. We have Barbosa now. He is the man. He's taking good care of us. That's exactly what you should do also. You should forget your captain, join us, we'll make tons of money together, and we'll be all good. I'm assuming that's going to happen. And then what they could do is they could take the captain and they could maroon him on an island, possibly the same island with Jack Sparrow, since they're both chilling there. And Barbosa is going to take over the ship without firing a single shot. You know, he also, in the other captain did allow his ship to be captured by pirates, so wasn't that great of a captain. Right, he's an awful captain. That's what I'm saying. He put his, their life in danger. They're going to be like, yo, listen, this guy let your ship be captured by pirates. So Join I, us, and this will never happen again. Nobody will ever set foot on our boat that does not belong. So that that's, a, that's the start of a persuasive argument, but I feel like in modern times, the crew's going to be like, all right, you've made a fair point about, you know, the competence of our captain. What kind of like salary and benefits does your ship offer? Protection, which is what all humans really want. Is it it, Chris? No. <laughs> I I only go to work to get paid. Okay, well, they are going to get paid um with the riches that are on the ship. Now, this is something I want to bring up, okay? Now, the the riches that Captain Barbosa and also that um Pirate Dread Roberts was going was looking after is different than the riches that modern day pirates are looking after on cargo ships. It's not like the cargo ships are filled with gold and diamonds and rubies and all that stuff that we know of that that we know of. So what I'm willing to argue is that Captain Barbosa has experienced a lot of out there things, a lot of things that appear not to be real. Uh, they've looked after uh, treasure that can turn people undead. They looked for hearts inside of treasure chests. They've looked for the fountain of youth. Uh, in the fifth one, I believe they looked for like the trident of Poseidon, which can control the oceans. I have no idea. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Yeah. So what I'm going to say is that Captain Barbosa, he just hears that something is valuable and he goes after it. He's not the kind of person to be like, hmm, really? Is this real? He would just hear that this cargo ship is valuable, and he'd be like, I hear it's valuable. I'm going to go after it. He doesn't need to see if there's any gold or silver or anything involved. He's the kind of person that just hears that something is worth money, and he's going to go for it. Whereas I feel like, isn't, isn't um, Pirate Dread Roberts only going after that gold and silver? His he motivations just, just... Uh, in pirating are unclear why he pirates. Um I think he originally, yeah, he did need to make some more money. But um, so, but the the boat's not filled with, like, literal cash. So how is he going to know that he needs to go after that? Because he's going to get the boat, and he's not going to know what to do with it. Well, he could. He could ransom it. He could ransom the boat. Okay. They they do keep some money on the ship to, well, according to uh, that movie. Uh, Captain Phillips. Captain Phillips. They did have some money in a safe. Um, maybe there's some valuable goods. Maybe it's um a bunch of people's Amazon orders, and there's some valuable stuff in there. <laughs> what if now isn't a lot of his motivations based on finding Buttercup? Um, finding yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, Buttercup's not on the ship, so that's not really driving his motiv motivation. Buttership's going to be left off the ship. That's you not driving her, his you motivation. Call Buttership. Did I say buttership? I think so. Sorry. Butter, Buttercup's not going to be on the ship. That's not driving his motivation. They're not like working together as a team. Well, she, and he's already and he's already found her, so he's accomplished his mission. Yeah, that's why he can he can do these like fun piratey things with her. Yeah, but why would he want to do that though if he already found his true love and risk possibly dying well, maybe, or even maybe, maybe or even losing her? That, that's a big risk maybe for someone. Maybe it's like who, date night. Let's take the pirate shoe and capture a the pirate crew and capture a That's, pirate ship. That seems like a pretty boring like uh, date night. That's like boring? The two of them. That sounds boring to you? Yes, because listen, that's like the two of them going out to a movie and he goes inside and watches the movie and she just stands outside and doesn't She's go an watch the movie. She's an integral part of this. They sail they sailed together and caught up to the ship. She has to like fight the water cannons and then and then she has to pick them up when they're done. So she's okay, so let me let me reword my my analogy. They both drive to the movie theater together. He goes inside and watches the movie and she stays outside in the car ready to pick him up when he's done. And he can bring out some leftover popcorn for her. Maybe once they like um, get the water cannons away, she can pull up and then like come out too. 
Okay, so she'll come in like 20 minutes in the movie, so she's missing the previews and the opening plot. Yeah, but sounds, that was sounds like, like a, f- a lot of setup stuff that she didn't need to see. Sounds like a really fun date night. For her, it's more about like just the the fun capturing of the ship. So, I mean, she had a good time. The time that she was there. <laughs> All right, maybe it wasn't for a date night. I don't know. Okay. I mean, it's kind of unfair for you to make me pick a motivation for doing this because you're the one who chose capturing a a, a cargo ship. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Now, what do you think is going to happen if both of our guys are on the ship at the exact same time? Oh, probably a fight's going to break out. A fight's definitely going to break out in which I'm going to win. You're going to win? I have like 150 guys against three. I'm probably going to lose some people. I'm totally okay with that. That's fine. But in the end, we're going to end up taking you down. I also have an undead monkey on my side who will never die. And he could you know, run around the ship. He's used weapons in the movie. He's fired guns before. You have 150 I can... people? All right, I don't know, like 100 people? How many people do you think are on the Black Pearl? I don't know. I thought it was like 50. As a crew? 25? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up here how many uh, people are on the Black so Pearl. So you're up against a giant who's ex- – he specializes in fighting crowds, by the way. He mentions this in Princess Bride because he has trouble uh-huh. one-on-one, but he's he's very adept at fighting crowds. Okay. And then Wesley and Inigo, two great sword fighters. Captain Barbosa. Oh, he's uh, a phenomenal sword fighter. Yeah, but I kind of remember him losing a sword fight, so. To Jack Sparrow. Yeah. No, he actually didn't lose a sword fight. He got shot. Yeah, he did get shot. Yeah, he didn't die by a sword. Um, did At one point in the sword fight, did Jack stab him and nothing happened because he was still invincible? Well, that's because, so um, Barbosa stabbed Jack first, actually. And then... Jack took it back and stabbed him. Oh, no, you're right. Jack stabbed him first, and then he took it out and stabbed Jack. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah, something like that. So that's already one sword fight he lost. I'm counting that as a loss for you, even though you didn't die because you were uh, you know, protected by the curse. Okay, I can see what you're saying. Uh, uh, in the third movie, he is – not only is he captaining a ship because he's pirating the, the Black Pearl while they're inside a giant maelstrom – so he's he's captaining the ship, and then he's also fighting off numerous like undead uh, Davy Jones sea creature people, fighting them off while also conducting a wedding ceremony, which is pretty impressive. No, that so is pretty impressive. So he's able to balance those three things at once. So I think if he was able to take all of that focus and just put it right towards sword fighting, he'd be unstoppable, completely unstoppable. Except for the one time he was stopped in a sword fight. Right, with, with Jack Sparrow. Yeah. In which he was undead. And he like he pretty much let Jack stab him because he knew that he wasn't going to die anyway. Because when he got stabbed, he was like, you know, why did you even bother? Because you knew that it wasn't going to work. Maybe. But he wouldn't have wanted to lose. It would make him look bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. <laughs> so... If you're going to really outnumber me, like 50 to 3, my guys need to come up with a plan, probably. Like, we're not going to be good in a 50 v 3 fight. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, maybe like something like they did at the end of Princess Bride, where they, they have to scare them away. They have to make them... Maybe, um, maybe if the ship was um, carrying, like, cars or something, they could get out some of the cars and, like, drive them around and, like, run over the pirates. Okay. Or maybe they could kind of like Mad Max a couple a couple cars together to make like this really cool looking car that like shoots fire and scare all the other pirates away who've never seen a car before. They'd be like, okay. "What is this sorcery?" And then they'll jump off because they're scared. Okay, I can see what you're saying. I that would ter- that that would terrify them if they saw that happening. I think that's kind of what my guys would have to go for, and that that is kind of more their style. Yeah. What what I, this would be my plan. So the overall goal of this of this scenario would be to collect the loot from the cargo ship. So what they would do is just like they do in Curse of the Black Pearl is they would split some of the crew up, not in like 25, 25, but they would send like three, four, maybe five guys to go and try to get the loot. So they would be going after the loot. And since there's only three people on your side, the other, you know, if we say 50, we could say 45 people are taking care of your guys. So the five that are looking for the treasure or whatnot, 
they're going to have no problem, no distractions. They're going to be able to get what they're going after, bring it back onto the ship, onto the Black Pearl. What they would also do is like they did in the film. They would set up and rig the cargo ship to explode. What? Yes. In Curse of the Black Pearl, they leave a bunch of gunpowder. They, they spread it all throughout the ship and they light it on fire, which causes one of the ships to explode. So what they would do is they would set that up. Someone would communicate to Barbosa, hey, listen, it's time to go. We need to get out of here. We got the treasure. It's time. They all turn around. Your guys are going to be so confused. Why are all the pirates running away? They're going to think they accomplished their goal of scaring them. They're going to think that they won. So they'll be like, all right, this is fine. All of Captain Barbosa's guys run back to the Black Pearl. They light the fuse on their way out, hop on the ship, fast ship, fastest in the world, sail away. All of your guys are on the cargo ship being like, okay, we won. We got the loot, not knowing that the loot's already gone. And then the cargo ship blows up. Well, that's pretty mean, Steve. Blowing everyone up. That's what we got. I mean, you got you were driving cars, and my guys to scare them, to have them jump off the ship. Yeah, we're into the water where they would just have to swim away. We, I mean, we don't know what's in those waters there, Chris. We're pirates. We gotta we gotta do what we can to win. Oh man, that's messed up. All right, if that's what you want to do, blow everybody up. That's I mean, that's your call. That's that's what I would do in order. I, my goal is to get the loot from the cargo ship. That's that's what my end goal was. And Cam Barbosa is not afraid to kill people. He shot one of his own men in the first movie. Yeah. He's not a nice guy, Steve. After he died and came back to life. <laughs> he was way cooler, yeah. <laughs> he was way cooler. He was such a good guy. That he is le- true. He learned, from his, he learned from his mistakes. Oh, is that it? Yeah, he learned from his mistakes. And then, I mean, in the other ones, he realized that they had a common enemy, which was Davy Jones, in which he, he had no problem having to kill people. Again. And that's what, you know, that's what pirates were. Pirates were pretty much violent uh, outlaws on the the high seas. Hmm. Wesley's a pretty nice guy. I mean, he is a really nice guy. He's really cool. Uh, definitely like one of those guys you want to sit down and have a beer with. Tell, he could tell you all the stories. And you're right. You'd be mesmerized. You'd be like, oh, wow. But you're saying not the best to fight a real pirate crew on a cargo ship. Correct. Yeah, he's I got think, no chance. I think we'll, we'll see how the people vote. I'm curious to see what they think. I'm curious what they see, too. Do they think that my tactic of getting on the ship, uh, converting the cargo ship's crew via mutiny to join our side would work, and then also stealing all the loot while you're distracted, hopping back on the Black Pearl, blowing up the cargo ship, and sailing away free? We'll let the, uh, the listeners decide. We will. I have some uh, interesting facts I wanted to add uh, before we leave. I don't know if you have anything that oh, you want to say. What do you yeah, got? Uh, so I just had some interesting facts about um, – I have so, uh, so I have some facts about modern-day pirates and then also some about pirates in general. Um, so modern-day pirates have heavy-duty heavy firepower, including automatic weapons, mortars, and RPGs, which is actually pretty scary. Uh, you know, when you think of like pirates, you know, during the 1700s, 1500s colonial area era, you know, they only have like guns and swords and whatnot. Whereas today's, I mean, they're kind of like a mini army with all the weapons that they have. Yeah, that is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, the estimated annual loss due to piracy worldwide is about $13 billion, which is insane. And this type of piracy is in like na- naval based piracy, not like software piracy and yeah we're talking about yeah yeah we're talking about physical piracy on the the open seas yes making just clarifying thanks yeah so like uh you know the pirate attack that happened on the captain phillips phillips ship the maersk alabama yes uh so that one happened on the ocean apparently 72 percent of pirate attacks happen while the ship is anchored and not moving oh that is much easier yeah so it's it's so much easier to see but then it's riskier because there's more people around but this is true i don't know i'm not a pirate maybe they know what they're doing um, some ransoms for ships are about $120,000. Oh, that's not which bad. D- which really doesn't seem that much. Where's that $13 billion coming from? Well, this is the thing. So I found a statistic that said that um, at one point there were about 20 to 30 piracy attempts or incidents a month. So if you take that and times it by $120,000 ransom every time, that I don't could, know. I'm skeptical. That, that could add I'm going to run the numbers. Go, go right ahead. So, thirteen billion dollars in damages. Thirteen billion dollars in damages. That just said, I don't know. I don't think that's a year. I think that's just total. total. All right. Yeah. So, if 
let's say a an average ransom. Let's say one hundred and fifty thousand. Okay, that would take eighty six thousand six hundred and sixty seven pirate ransoms. That is a lot. If there's thirty a month, twenty to thirty a month. So let's just say there's one a day. Okay. So thirty times twelve is how many a year? Well, let me just let me go from. So we're saying. If it's one a day, 86,667 days? Yeah. That's 237 years of pirating. Yeah, there's got to be something up with those numbers. There there must be a lot more costs. Like, um, yeah. maybe with, like, um, lost cargo or injuries or damage to the ships or that, all that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah, just not the actual ransom itself. Yeah, or maybe some ransoms are more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the most, uh, feared pirate of all time was Blackbeard, who was a real guy named Edward Teach. Um, he, what he would do is he would put like, um, fire in his beard. So it looked like his beard would be on fire. That sounds uh, dangerous. He, well, he wouldn't literally light his beard on fire. He'd put things in his beard that was on fire, which <laughs> okay. yes, you are right. is very dangerous. It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it would intimidate his, um, enemies and it would look and look very demonic. So people would be like freaked out looking at him. Kind of like um, that jolly- face guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like Davy Jones, yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the fourth one, Blackbeard is the main villain, and his beard is on fire in that movie. Oh, so good, they actually, good attention they, they to actually, detail. They actually did some pretty good research, I guess. <laughs> um, the Pirate's Flag is the Jolly Roger. Um, they're really not sure exactly where it came from, but uh, centuries ago, a red flag was commonly used during naval warfare to signal that no mercy would be given and anybody could be captured or killed immediately. Um, and there was a, something called a jolly rogue, which means pretty red by the French. And they think that it's translated to Jolly Roger in uh, English. Um, and also the word Jolly Roger could be translated to Old Roger, which is a term for the devil, which is where maybe they got the idea for the traditional skull and crossbone flag. All right. Interesting. Uh-huh. Lots of um, theories. Lots of theories. Uh, grog was a pirate's main drink, which is a mixture of rum, water, lemon juice, and sugar. It wasn't just just plain rum. Oh, I'll have to remember uh, that next time I want to have a pirate drink. Yeah, or you break into your neighbor's house, just make sure you also get some water, lemon juice, and sugar as well. Okay. Uh, pirates did have eye patches. That this sounds kind of actually... like a daiquiri. Anyway, sorry, guess... go ahead. That's okay. It does sound pretty good. We should have uh, planned ahead and have some while we were recording. We could drink it on Tuesday. There we go. Perfect. Um, pirates did have eye patches, but the reason they did it is it wasn't because someone was missing an eye. What they would do is if they were below the deck, they would have the eye patch on one eye. And then when they went up into the sun, they would swap it over to the other side because the eye would then adjust to the light. I've heard that before, but I've also heard people say that that's not true. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what to believe anymore. I'm not sure. That I mean, does it make sound- sense, though. It does make sense. It does sound believable. And, uh, I mean, that's pretty much what I what I got really... Like, pirates didn't really bury their treasure. Um, they wanted to share it. They really would just wouldn't... And they would take it. They wouldn't just bury the whole thing and save it. Kind of like a bank account or something like that. Um, but that that was... That's pretty much it with uh, some fun facts. What do you got? Well, I, a daiquiri is rum, simple syrup, and lime juice or citrus. So that's basically what the pirates were drinking. So, so pirates were drinking daiquiris. Man, they were they had good of their taste. Times. They had good taste. Anyway, sorry. Okay, that's it. Princess Bride. So I found something I didn't know. According to the author of the Princess Bride book, William Goldman, when he was trying to get the movie made in the seventies, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who at the time was well relatively unknown, wanted to play Fezzik. Really, I could see that. But by the, by the time they actually made the movie, twelve years later, that Schwarzenegger was a huge action star, and they couldn't afford him. I'm kind of so glad they he go wasn't with in Andre it. the Giant. I like Andre the Giant way better. Me too. It's perfect. I agree. Yeah, it was so perfect for it. Um, interesting fact about him. He actually had back problems throughout filming, so he actually couldn't lift anything. Like, anytime he lifted something, it was attached to wires. Like, there's one point where he um, catches Robin Wright, and it's she She was on wires in the scene. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Is, this might be a silly question, and forgive me if I'm wrong. Is Andre the Giant still alive? No, he died. He did die. Do you know when he died? Um, I'm not good at um, guessing. Like it feels like it was like five years ago. Oh, okay. I can. Uh, 
<laughs> he died in 1993. See what I mean? <laughs> wow. Oh, boy. Yeah, it was like it was five years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I have this habit of like when I'm guessing how long things ago were, I usually underguess like by a lot. Like things yeah, feel like closer than they were. You underguess by 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. You know, you know, it was something interesting that I was thinking of while we were while I was thinking preparing for this fight. We had a really hard time figuring out what we were going to talk about this episode. Uh, we were thinking of maybe doing something Emmy related since the Emmys were yesterday, maybe doing something along the lines of our Oscar edition episode. Um, but looking at these people, Robin Wright is in your film. She was nominated for an Emmy. Oh, for um, for House of Cards. House of Cards, yeah. And also Jeffrey Rush, who plays Barbosa, he's nominated for an Emmy also for uh, playing Albert Einstein in the in the TV series or movie Genius. Wow! So we kind of did have an Emmy related episode. We kind of did have an Emmy related episode also. I was trying to look if there was anybody else that we could have made connections to, but nothing that I really saw. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Anything else you want to add before we head out of here? Um, I wanted to mention one thing that I forgot to say in the beginning. Um, sure. I wanted to thank um, one of our fans, um, Andy Baker. Oh, for, yes. Yes. Uh, for making the uh, violence for Africa. Uh, and I should be careful when I say violins, the musical <laughs> yeah. instrument, violins for Africa. He, he he whipped up a great logo and like I saw it when I was at work and like laughed out loud and everyone looked at me and then I had to be like, oh, no, it, it's just the violence for Africa logo. Someone made it. And then they were like, what? And I was like, no, don't worry about it. No, don't worry about it. But what I really liked about the logo is that it also says and trombones for Russia. That, that's what got me, too. It was so perfect. <laughs> a lot of people reached out and said it sounded like we said violence for Africa instead of violins for Africa. So I'm glad you were able to. Yeah, uh, I should clear. work on my enunciation, I suppose. Yeah, I was I was right there with you also. It, the, the, the blame was to be shared. So that was a phenomenal logo. Phenomenal logo. It was great. Yeah. We should, it should be a real charity, probably. We should, it really should. But I've yet to see a There's No Place Like Home logo yet. So someone who's out there listening, let us know. And I did retweet it on, um, on Twitter. If anybody uh, saw it, it's out there. Yeah, I saw it. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was good. All right, Chris. I think that's going to do it for another episode of the Who Win Win Cast. Sounds good. Hope everybody has a. Hope everybody has a phenomenal t- National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Celebrate accordingly. Uh, if you're under over 21, maybe have a uh, daiquiri to do a little celebrating. <laughs> but if you're under 21, we do not condone it. We did not tell you that you could do it. Don't tell your parents we said so. All right. Uh, so remember, there will be a Twitter poll online where you can vote for who you think would win in a competition for hijacking a cargo ship and also a battle between the two pirates and their, and their teams. We had Captain Barbosa from Pirates of the Caribbean. And Dread Pirate Roberts from The Princess Bride. Perfect. So make sure you vote, share, let everybody know about it. Thank you so much. And as always, please remember to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. I am not the Dread Pirate Roberts, he said. My name is Ryan. I inherited the ship from the previous Dread Pirate Roberts, just as you will inherit it from me. The man I inherited from was not the real Dread Pirate Roberts either. His name was Cummerbund. The real Roberts has been retired 15 years and living like a king in Patagonia. Thank you. Then he explained that the name was the important thing for inspiring the necessary fear. You see, no one would surrender to the Dread Pirate Wesley. So we sailed ashore, took on an entirely new crew, and he stayed aboard for a while as first mate, all the time calling me Roberts. And once the crew believed, I, he left the ship and I have been Roberts ever since. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.